Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Feel the Smile, the podcast, where we share biblical encouragement for the practical struggles that you're walking through. And to feel the smile is really to just experience God's joy and to experience his joy in all areas of life, especially learning how to find his joy in the hard days, in the mundane, which can so much be what life can feel like a lot of the times. Um, I'm so excited. On a lot of our episodes, we get to gain wisdom from other people. But on today's episode, I'm just going to be sharing a little bit of wisdom on my own. And we're actually going to do a little different of an episode. I'm going to share a message, a passage that I have on my heart that I really feel like the Lord's just been teaching me a lot about. I am currently filming this episode at 9.30 at night, a little late night recording, truthfully because I was supposed to record it today and ran out of time when the sun was up before the evening got started. So I just got home from um, being out late and then now I'm just ready to record, ready to share this message. I got to speak this message at Fill the Smile Social. So if you were at social, then here's just round two, except definitely a little bit more in depth than what I got to share at social. And then I also just shared this message when I went and spoke to some middle and high schoolers last week. But I'm so passionate about this message right now because it's not just a message that I feel like will help you, but it's also one that's been so practical for me in my life. The title of it if you are sitting anywhere ready to take notes it's called seeking jesus before we seek our friends and i really feel like this is something that the lord has been teaching me right now honestly through feeling or through planning feel the smile social um, during a moment where I really should have gone to the Lord first and asked for his affirmation and assurance. I sought man above that. And because of that, um, I just really learned this whole life lesson that I think I will take with me throughout the rest of my life. Um, But really, it was cool because I got to share what I'd learned through that at social with middle school and high middle schooler and high schoolers and then now getting to share it with you. But today I'm pulling from an Old Testament story. I don't know about you, but I used to never read the Old Testament. I was just a faithful New Testament queen. And then this year, I just really feel like the Lord has given me a new hunger for his word. I've just been praying for just the Lord to guide me through the Old Testament. I really want to read the whole Bible in complete so I'm working on a plan through that but I'm still trekking along through the Old Testament so today we're pulling from 2nd Chronicles 10 and we're going to talk about two kings King Rehoboam and King Asa one of these kings sought his friends he sought man and he never sought Jesus and another one of these kings sought God it says heart and soul. So let's jump right in and learn how we can seek God first before we seek our friends So I'm going to grab my Bible, and if you have yours, you can grab yours too, and I am going to flip over to 2 Chronicles chapter 10. Okay, this is where we're starting with King Rehoboam. So to give a little backstory for some context, King Solomon has been king. We all know he was the wisest king. He wrote Proverbs. He wrote Songs of Solomon. He wrote Ecclesiastes. So King Solomon has has just died and his son Rehoboam is now entering into the throne. He is now the king. And when King Rehoboam takes the throne, 
all of the Israelites are complaining because previously King Solomon had put the Israelites under a lot of constraints, had a lot of rules, had a lot of regulations. And so basically King Rehoboam is having to make a decision. All of the Israelites are like, will you please lighten our load? It actually says, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us and we will serve you. Now, whenever the people ask King Rehoboam this, he says, let me come back to you in three days. Very wise decision not to just give an immediate answer, but he's like, you know what? Let me take some time. Let me seek wise counsel. Let me figure out what the answer is that I want to come back to you with. So in the midst of this, it says that King Rehoboam consulted the elders, the elders that had actually served his father. So he goes to the elders and he's like, how would you advise me to answer these people? And this is in verse six, where we're reading this. How would you advise me to answer them asking me to lighten their burden? And then it goes on to say how the el- elders respond If you will be kind to the people and please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always serve you. Well, after King Rehoboam received this advice, he's like, great, could be the right answer, couldn't be the wrong answer to be safe. Let me just go ahead and ask some other people that I really care about their opinion. So it goes back to his old friends. It actually says in verse eight, it says King Rehoboam rejected the advice of th- that the elders gave him and consulted the young men who he had grown up with. So think about your besties that you had grown up with. Guys, if you're listening, think about your homeboys. Girls, if you're listening, think about your gal pals that you just go ba- way back with. And you're like, let me take a second and see what they they would think. So then King Rehoboam goes to his friends and they say, now tell them my finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scored you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Talk about a sassy response. But King Rehoboam is basically like, you think this is bad? Just wait until the harsh labor I give you. Wait until the harsh things I do. If you're not going to listen to me now, then I'm just going to make the restraints even harder. And as I was reading this and just thinking about King Rehoboam's response, you know, I think about how he sought counsel from the elders. He sought counsel from his friends. When he sought counsel from the elders, he didn't receive the answer that he wanted. So then he went on to seek counsel from his friends. And sometimes, a lot of times, I don't know that we're looking for the right answer as much as we're looking for our answer. I don't know that we search God's word and look for his way as much as we search God's word and look for it to align in our way. So that was just a little tidbit that I thought about as I was just reading through that and kind of how I could see myself sometimes looking for the areas that will please me, looking for ways that God's word can submit to my life versus submitting my life to God's word. And I think we see a little bit of that resemblance in King Rehoboam as he's doing this. Another thing that stands out about King Rehoboam is it is not who he saw that was wrong. It was who he chose not to seek. Seeking wise counsel is not a bad thing. Seeking wise friends is not a bad thing. In fact, seeking wise counsel and seeking wise friends is a good thing to do, but it becomes the wrong thing when we put those people's opinions above the answer that God wants to give. It becomes the wrong thing when we put so much weight in seeking our friends and seeking wise counsel that we forget to seek 
our counselor. We forget to seek God. We forget to put him above all things. We forget to seek him first. We forget to pray first. We forget to read the word first. And sometimes, you know, I think about how a lot of times I think I talk to Jesus like he's not going to talk back. I talk to God like he's not going to answer fast enough. I seek my friends because I know they will answer. I call my friends after something big happens because I know they will pick up the phone. And I don't think about how God will also answer in the perfect time. I think about areas of my life where God has shown up not a minute earlier, but not a minute later. He's always right on time. He doesn't give us more than we need in the moment outside of extra blessings to bless other people. So when we're seeking him for things, he promises to provide us with what we need, but it's exactly when we need it. So next time you're tempted to seek your friends before you seek God, remember this passage. Remember how powerful it is to seek God first. Areas of my life that I think I seek my friends before seeking God. Areas of approval, maybe wanting just affirmation from the people in front of us versus seeking affirmation from the true affirmer, which is Jesus. Maybe focusing on what your friends are doing. Um other than focusing on what God's leading you to do. You know, maybe sometimes we want to live a life that just fits in to the lives that our friends around us are living. But what if God is wanting you to fit into a life that's larger than what your friends are living, that's more purposeful, that's full of a heavenly purpose, not just an earthly purpose? I think about maybe worrying about what people think. Maybe it's worrying about what a boy thinks. Maybe it's worrying about what your parents think when you're making decisions on where to go to college or the job to pursue. I even think about submitting to the things that our friends are doing, like gossiping, talking about someone, maybe living a certain lifestyle. And we worry so much about what they're going to think of us. We seek their opinion and approval so much that we miss the larger purpose, the larger life that what the Lord is calling us to. Um, When I was choosing to go to a college, I had my mind dead set on the college that I wanted to go to. I not for one second thought about asking God if it was the college that he wanted me to go to. And I remember senior year when life was lifing and it started to look like I wasn't going to go to the college that I initially thought I was going to go to. My reaction was to freak out because I was like, well, now my life's not going to look like what I wanted it to look like. Now my college experience isn't going to look like the way that my friends look like. And then I was reminded about the fact that I wasn't seeking God's will for my life. I was seeking my will for my life. I wasn't seeking God's plan, but I was seeking what my friends around me were doing. And God's will, his way ended up being way better than the four years in the place that I was going to choose. Because not only did God call me to a college, but he called me to a city. He called me to people. And because of that, it built a foundation for the whole ministry that I get to do now, which is so beautiful to think about and look back on of how choosing to seek God first leads to a life that is more flourishing than any other life that we could do choosing to seek man first. You know, sometimes when we are looking for things, when we don't exactly know what we're looking for, it can be really easy to look in all the wrong places. And I did that a lot in college, just looking for community, looking for joy, looking for fun. When I didn't know where to look for it, I was looking in all the wrong places. But as a kid, I would play outside with my street neighbors. I'm sure you had street neighbors too. And one of our neighbors, we were playing hide and go seek this particular day. And I, of course, was like, why don't you go hide? Um, Or I'm sorry, I was like, why don't I 
go hide, you go seek first, as any strong leading hide and go seeker fourth grader would do. Um, because, you know, I just wanted the upper hand in the battle. And so I told my friend, I was like, you count, I'm going to go hide. Well, while she's counting, I'm like, you know what? What a great idea. We're playing hide and go seek outside. Since we're playing hide and go seek outside, if I go hide inside, she's never going to find me. So I remember running inside my house and hiding. And I remember watching my friend just search high and low in our front yard looking for me. And because she doesn't know where to look for me exactly, she starts looking in all the wrong places. Now, given my spot was a little tough to find because I was outside of the zone, definitely breaking the hide-and-go-seek rules. Still, when we don't have direction for what we're looking for, we can start to look in all the wrong places. When we don't have direction for what we're even supposed to seek, we can start seeking all the wrong things before we seek the right thing. But when I think about my sweet friend playing hide-and-go-seek in the yard, I think about how she had a good intention she was looking hard with the pure heart and pure motive to look because she wasn't looking in the right places. She was finding the wrong thing. King Rehoboam, he had good intention seeking counsel from the elders. He had good intention seeking wise counsel from his friends, but his good intention plus the wrong pursuit equaled the wrong thing. And sometimes in life, it doesn't matter what our intention is, but if we're seeking the wrong thing, we're still going to end up with the wrong outcome. If we're seeking our friends before we seek God, we're still seeking the wrong thing. But when we seek God above all else, when he, we put his opinion above every other opinion, when we put his way above every other way, we start to seek the the right thing we start to find the right thing and we start to live the right life the right life exactly the will that god created it to be and king asa is the perfect example of that flip over a few pages to second chronicles 14 and it's all about king asa's life it says king asa sought god always he sought god heart and soul and because he sought god everything that he did was right in the lord's eyes and there's a few takeaways that I want us to have today for how Asa sought God, because that way we can know how we can seek God first before we seek our friends. The first one is he removed distraction. It says that he removed the foreign altars, the high places. He smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord and the God of their ancestors to obey their laws and commands. So he removed distraction. Now you may be asking, what even is a distraction? I know I should remove it but what even is it distraction is anything that removes our attention from our focal point anything that removes our attention from the thing we should be focused on what can distraction look like think about what's keeping your focus from the lord is it the music that you're listening to is it the tv shows that you're watching maybe it's the people that you're around the things that you're doing think about what is taking place of a moment with the lord honestly maybe it could literally even be sleeping um obviously we have to sacrifice our sleep to spend time awake during the day which is probably the hardest thing to sacrifice but maybe it's like you want to wake up 15 minutes earlier just to spend 15 minutes with the Lord before you get your day started maybe it's even something deeper like anxiety or loneliness that you're just overwhelmed with that's distracting you from spending time with the Lord maybe write down a few ways that you 
can take distraction by the reins, that you can remove distraction and start having moments with God. The second thing that he did was he removed other gods. Now, another god is anything that we're putting above God, anything that we are more focused on than the Lord, anything that we think about that consumes our mind more than God could. God should be our main thing, which means when life be life in, life's worry shouldn't be what consumes our mind, but faith in God's plan should be. He should be consuming our hearts. He should be consuming our minds. So what is something that you are putting above the Lord? Um, for me, I kind of wrote down my agenda. A lot of times I can be such a planner, probably deeper rooted in control, let's be honest, that I can want to take control of my plan and want my plan to have its way over focusing on God's plan. I can so easily put task above what God's calling me to do because task and um, organization can be so much more convenient when really God wants task to become second and he wants his will to become first. So what is something that you're just putting above the Lord? What's something that you're thinking about? Is it school? Is it relationships? Is it your achievements? Think about some things that you tangibly think about that you set your mind on more than God. The third thing that Asa did was Asa was surrounded by godly people. Because of the way that Asa sought God, it led others around him to seek God too. Because Asa sought God, he was surrounded by other people seeking God. Find a community of believers that you can surround yourself with. This can be really, really hard when you are in a season like high school, when you're like, I go to math class with the same people every single day. My friends are my friends and there's nothing I can do to change that. I completely understand. It's really, really hard, but maybe think of other ways that you can find biblical community. Maybe it's at church. Maybe it's through finding a mentor. Maybe it's through sitting it together with some girls at lunch and asking them what God's teaching them in their in their life. What are some ways that you can surround yourself with godly people? Shameless plug. Maybe it's build a small social. Maybe you should come to a home gathering. Maybe you should come to our next social on October second in a little over a week but find a way to surround yourself with other godly community it's so 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 important we are not meant to do life alone but we're meant to do it with other people I think about days when I was so easily surrounded with not godly things and things that I thought were fun, things that I thought were fulfilling. And honestly, my Friday nights now look a lot different than they did in a season a few years ago. But my Friday nights now have never been full of so much joy and so much peace. They have never been fruitful than how fruitful they are now doing them with the Lord. And I know that his desire is the same for your heart. All of these years, Asa experienced the favor of God because of how he pursued God. He experienced life to the fullest because of his walk with the Lord. Um, but towards the end of Asa's life, he actually goes through a really tough season where Asa is getting ready to go into battle. And the army that he is going up against is way larger than the army that he has. And you can find this in Second Chronicles 16. And during this time, Asa becomes consumed by a tangible thing like a big army. And I think a lot of us have big armies in our lives. We have a lot of big things that consume our mind. We have a lot of big worries. We have a lot of big tasks. We have a lot of big relationship issues that we let consume our minds. And because our mind are set on those instead of set 
being set on what God can do, we start to depend on man. And just like Asa did, he called on his army in the neighboring city. And he's like, I'm about to go against a big army in this war. What do you think about us allying together and doubling the size of my army? And his friends are like, heck yes, let's do it. We're in this together. And it actually says that because because he was caught up in the fact that his army was so big, because he came caught up in an earthly setback, he missed a moment with God because he wasn't dependent on God's spirit, because he wasn't dependent on God providing. After years of seeking God first, this moment, Asa seeks man first, and he misses a moment for God to show up. And you know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I can read God's word and I can oftentimes get almost a little frustrated with the choices that the Israelites can make with what they're doing because I know the other side of the cross. I know the other thing that God is doing. I know that God is bigger. We know the other side of the cross. We know all that God has done for the Israelites. We know all that he's done in his word because he's we have his word as tangible evidence that I can be like, why on earth? After years of experiencing God's faithfulness, of experiencing his promises, of experiencing the fruit of seeking God first, would Asa think God wouldn't show up for him? Why would he see his men? Why would he seek man? Why would he seek his friends above seeking God when every single time God has shown up for him? And as I had that thought in my quiet time, the Lord was like, but you do that every day. Every day, I show up for you. Every moment in your life, I have shown up for you. Every hardship, I have made a way out. Every hurt, I provide healing to. Every pain, I have brought purpose from. Yet every time a new hardship, a new army comes up, you second guess me and think that I won't provide for you. And as I sat and thought about that, I was reminded of how faithful God has always been, yet I still second guess his goodness. Every day he tells me where to walk and I still second guess the move. Every day he wakes up and he's excited to spend time with us, yet we roll over and choose to spend the first minutes of our day on Instagram instead of a moment of thankfulness in his presence. Every day he speaks value and worth over me, yet I choose to speak the opposite over myself. Every time he's ever healed my family and restored my hope, I look at him and I say that that's still not enough. And it just makes me think about how we don't seek God first because he wants us to live a miserable life, bored in his presence. We seek God first because he first saw us. We seek God first because of every time he's shown up for us in our life. We seek God first because the only way that we can honor him and repay him for every good thing he's done for us is by living a life of worship in his presence. There's a verse in 1 Chronicles 29, and this is actually my life passage for the year, but in verse 14, it says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? For everything that we have, we can only give because you first gave it to us. When I think about the days that I don't choose God, after so many days that he has chosen me, time and time again of rejecting his goodness, rejecting what he's calling me to, rejecting obedience. 
I think about what an honor it is that he sees value, that he sees worth, that he sees worthiness in all that we do. And he sees that in you too. He didn't seek you to get something out of you. He didn't seek you because he needed you to do work for his kingdom. He sought you because you're his daughter and because he loves you so much. And because he first saw us, because he gave us everything that he had, we get to seek him before we seek our friends. We get to call him before we call our friends. We get to tell him about our day before we tell our friends about our days. And because he gave his everything to us, we get to give our everything to him in our life and all that we do. And so I hope that this word inspired you the way that it inspired me and has inspired me over the last few weeks as I've just meditated on this passage. I hope that it inspires you to spend a moment in his presence because of how many moments he's chosen to, to do life with you. And I hope that this week that in the little moments when you're tempted to seek wisdom and advice from your friends, although that's a great place to seek wisdom and advice from, that you choose to seek wisdom and advice from Jesus. So to just seal this word that God has spoken to us this week, I'm going to say a prayer for us before we hop off. God, I just thank you so much for each girl that's listening. God, I thank you so much for each girl that just has a desire to seek you. God, a hunger and thirst in your word for more. God, a hunger and thirst to know more about their purpose, to know more about their your way, to know more about what you have for them. God, I pray that you would settle this word in our hearts. God, that it would land on fertile soil. Lord, that we would not seek our friends before we seek you. God, that we would talk to you like you're going to talk back because we know that you will. God, we're so grateful for all that you do in each and every one of our lives. God, bless each girl listening. God, anoint the way that she gets to walk in this week. Lord, would favor just follow her everywhere she goes. God, we love you so much. We pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. I hope this word inspired y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited for y'all to hear this episode, but also for y'all to hear the episodes coming up. We have so many great guests that I'm so excited to have on the podcast and just share their wisdom with. So I love you guys. I hope you have the best week ever. And hey, let's seek Jesus before we seek our friends this week. I'll see y'all next time.